Welcome to The Word in Ed, a show that explores the world of education. Each episode, we focus on one word and use it to provoke new thoughts, explore new trends, and discover how to improve education. This is The Word in Ed. The Word in Ed. Empowering. Hey, Laura. Hey, Ron. The word this episode is empowering. Yes, and our special guests today are Kathy Beck and her team to talk about what it means to empower others and to give away power. Hi, I'm Kathy Beck. I'm Assistant Superintendent in Summit County, Colorado. And I'm Crystal Miller. I'm the principal of an elementary school in Summit County, Colorado. Hi, I'm Bethany Massey. I'm the Director of Technology and Assessment for Summit School District. Hello, Christina Rivera, Technology Coach for Summit School District. Well, we're thrilled to have you. Welcome all to the show. As you know, our show takes one word and kind of explores that. And so the word for this episode is empowering. And so if you'd just like to go around and explain what that word means to you in your professional work. The word empowering for me, and this is Kathy, is is really leveraging the talent we have within our district. Um, we have so many amazing skill sets, so many amazing teachers and administrators. And instead of uh, looking outward to try to find um, places to go for professional development, we decided to look inward and really drive that professional development organically within our own district. I would agree with that. Something else I would add too is when we've looked at empowering opportunities, um, we had some issues with the traditional models in education, like traditional professional development, traditional ways of doing things. And really, we've started thinking outside of the box at um, expanding those opportunities for ourselves and for our staff and for our students and parents. And for me, empowering is especially important to teachers, and I want them to be empowered to make decisions in their classroom and knowing that sometimes things are going to work great, but sometimes there might be failure, and it's okay sometimes to make those mistakes and have to go back and rethink why things worked or didn't work. As the technology coach, we've been focused as we went one-to-one with technology on empowering our teachers and empowering our students. And we've added a third element this year, and that is a lot of work surrounding empowering the parents um, to guide the use of the technology for creation and not just consumption. There's a lot of really interesting themes there. I really like the idea of, of looking inward for your own strengths and looking at the strengths and assets you already have instead of looking outward for PD and so on. And so I'd like to explore this a little bit further with you. Uh, what kinds of things do you feel like traditionally might be disempowering, not only for um, teachers, faculty, and students, but also for parents? And how do you feel like your work is kind of disrupting that or reshaping that? For teachers, what I really think is that sit and get PD, Mm -hmm. where somebody flies in, they sit down for a day or a few hours, and then they expect teachers to have mastered that material and do something with it. And there's never a check into it. There's never a loop around to see if it's worked. There's also never a buy-in to see whether a teacher really thinks that's the professional development they need at that point in time. And also with um, parents, I think that for a long time, schools unfortunately sent the message to parents that we are the experts and, and we will do what we do during the day and we need you to do what we tell you to do in the evenings with your kids. But there was never really a an outreach built in where um, now we have some programming where students and parents come together and do kind of like a project-based learning training. Um, and it's actually modeled after home improvement stores where they, you know, a parent and their kid go together and build a birdhouse. Well, we follow the same model, but the parent and the student come together and work on their Chromebook and build a family recipe cookbook together. 
which is a pretty neat partnership. I, I would follow up, Ron, and say that we really wanted to empower uh, teachers and professionals to drive their own professional development in terms of what their interests were, uh, what they are. And so we created this wonderful list of all kinds of amazing professional development opportunities that are driven by teachers. And uh, everyone has the opportunity to participate in the ones that they feel like would most impact their own needs. Um, so we've empowered teachers to take the reins. And no longer is professional development a top-down, administrative-driven process in our district. It really is driven by the teachers' needs and what they want and how they want to do it. And I would add that what I... I what I've seen or observed as outcomes of this is really a lot more innovative approaches to instruction in the classroom. We've seen some teachers, because they feel empowered, really stepping up and putting in place some really creative approaches to teaching, um, to learning themselves. And it's been exciting to see um, when, you, when you give them the opportunity to think outside of the box, how far outside of that box they really go. Bethany, why don't you expand upon that? We had an ed camp here, and um, we gave everyone who attended the opportunity to take their learning further. Bethany, why don't you expand upon some of these uh, ideas that our teachers came up with and the projects that they proposed to us based on giving them the freedom to design their own next steps? Sure. So we actually had several... Um after the ed camp, we had several teachers very excited about some of the things that they heard at the ed camp, and we decided to put in place a process to um, encourage them to actually take the learning and do something with it. And so we had a process where they could submit an application to continue that learning and then also to actually implement a project. And we've had several very unique um, ideas come forward that are being implemented right now. Um, we've had one teacher who's turning her um, special education classroom into a makerspace for her students. She's actually reaching out to some local community groups. Um, the students are going to be redesigning. They're going to first go use the design thinking process to um, design this makerspace and then get some um, project-based learning incorporated through these. Um, we've had some teachers who have done some um, breakout EDUs with each other and then they're also going to have the do it in their classrooms and then have their students create some of these breakout boxes um, based on the skills that they're learning in class. We've had some um, specific literacy interventions or with students where students are gonna be recording um, different stories and producing these, publishing them. Um, so again, taking it further than just the in the classroom and actually getting this out to others. Any others you would add that you remember? Um, certainly, we had, there was a lot of interest in sketch noting and yep. using sketch noting in that process. Um, and I think what I love about this this process is we required the teachers to do further research. They had to do planning. They had to do action, and they had to then disseminate their newly found knowledge to the other teachers in the district, again, empowering uh, the ones who wrote these proposals to be the leader, to take the lead and be the expert. So uh, we're really excited about the amazing uh, projects that are going on in the district right now that are totally led and created by the teachers. Sounds like some really exciting and fresh work that's happening there, kind of a new take on professional development and professional learning and self-directed learning even and that you even have a kind of different way of documenting progress and monitoring progress where and you have people share out their learning with each other and that's kind of an expected component of that. So what I'd like to explore a little bit is did you face any kind of resistance in this new model? Because I would imagine this would require a little bit of unlearning and what kinds of suggestions might you have for other schools and districts that want to kind of take the first steps in implementing this? 
isn't that funny? And doesn't it speak volumes about doing things the way we've always done them because that's the way they've always been done. All four of us are looking at each other as you're asking these questions of, okay, we, let's think of all the examples of resistance. There was not a single one. Mm -hmm. Teachers love to learn from each other. They love the feeling of empowerment. They love the recognition that they are doing amazing things and we don't need to just fly in experts to drop professional development on them from above when really there's so many things happening in the classroom right next door to them. Um, the, the number one thing that we've known about students for a while is, you know, humans love choice in what they're learning. They love yeah. choice. It, it increases their engagement. And if, if they can apply it to what they're passionate about in their own careers, then it's just so much more powerful. So the EdCamp model, the peer observation model, the show and tell openings that Crystal does at every one of her PLC meetings where different staff members share out, oh, here's something cool. Here's a cool new tool that I've tried. And there was no resistance. In fact, there was nothing but overwhelming, wow, this is really great. Why haven't we always done it this way? One of the things that we did in the, the background to make that happen a, a little bit, though, is we made each grade level and each team's different experts and things. So hopefully teachers never felt stuck or principals either. They didn't know how to do something. They always knew that there was a person they could go to that could help and support them. And so I, I think uh, rather than people not feeling feeling disempowered, it felt like people had a lot of choice. And then not only that with the things they chose, they had different experts that they could go to and get help if they were stuck on anything. Well, one of the things that I would share out that it's really has not been a barrier, but we've had to address it a little bit. We started last year doing district Twitter chats. And we, last year, each week would be a different topic. And the teachers were so interested in this. Many, many of them stepped up and said, I would love to be a host. I would love to facilitate this particular chat. This is my area of expertise. The one barrier that we kind of ran into that we continue to work on is not every teacher understood how to navigate <laughs> a, a Twitter chat. And so we had to go around school to school and, and do practice Twitter chats. You know, they're fast and furious. They move at a really rapid pace. Um, we had to help the teachers dip their toe in, those that were not so familiar with Twitter and how you do navigate moving and communicating and liking and engaging within those conversations. But this year is our second year of doing this and the numbers are at an all time high. Um, you know, not everybody loves this, uh, this, this piece of professional development, but those that really enjoy it, they love it. And we have continued to teach more and more teachers how to engage in the Twitter chat. But that has been about the only uh, barrier that we've run into. We've been really excited with our Twitter chats this year. We have trended um, four different times as being one of the, the top hashtags in the nation and we are continuing to gather more and more people from other states that join in on a weekly basis. So that's another piece of the empowering in, as far as I'm concerned in that we are, we are helping our teachers collaborate uh, with educators all over the nation and helping them become empowered in terms of the skills they can learn from other people in other districts and other states. And in fact, we had one teacher um, who has hosted, I believe, two now 
Twitter chat parties at her house to help teachers who feel uncomfortable. They may be brand new to Twitter and not quite understand it. And so if they want to gather together at her house, I think she may or may not involve a bottle of wine and then walks them through the process of um, their first Twitter chat so that they feel more comfortable in this new setting. I think it's really impressive the momentum that you have and how people are just really eager to share their knowledge with each other and, and tapping into the wisdom and knowledge that's already present. I want to kind of explore this further. Let's say somebody who's listening, who has a sit and get model of PD where teachers really don't have much voice in, in what the topics are or how to pursue those topics. What would you say would be a first step in building that kind of culture and climate in their district? I think one of the most important things is first of all, to figure out who, who has what strengths. And then it just takes asking people mm -hmm. People love to be asked, and I have never been turned down one time when I call and I'll say, you know, would you would you host this Twitter chat? Would you create a Google Classroom and facilitate this particular class on this subject? Would you be one of my teachers in an evening class? People are honored. They just need to be asked. What would y'all say? I, I, a couple of things I would add is giving uh, your if you really want to build this in your district, giving your teachers those opportunities to mm -hmm. um, be the leaders, and that might be. You know, even if you're having that traditional staff meeting that you give teachers 5, 10, 15 minutes mm -hmm. at the beginning of whatever you're doing to share their knowledge and expertise with folks. Yeah. And then if you want to go a little deeper, I would say badging some of these um, concepts that you'd like teachers to have, uh, maybe with a group of teachers deciding the things that you feel are important and then giving some criteria and badging some of the those topics that teachers might engage in. So I, I think if you just try a, a lot of different avenues you'll find something. We have other people engaged through book studies and G plus classrooms and things like that. So maybe not everything's gonna work, but maybe through one of those, either sharing a professional development, badging the things that you think are important in your building, uh, Google Plus classrooms, just whatever you think it's going to take to uh, get people on board. And I think for our teachers, we just need to give them like time and maybe their time is at six o'clock at night or five in the morning. That's when they're going to jump on a G plus community and, and just being really honoring of all the things that we have that happen to teachers in their lives that they need to take care of. And um, I think if we do that, we will be able to fire up more and more people. But that's what I would advise people start a book study in G plus, start badging things, give teachers opportunities to talk and share. If you're starting from a very traditional setting, um, one of, one of the models that we use that was great, was we did an Ignite session as a welcome back to school a few years ago. And so when the whole staff was gathered together and they heard the spiel and the welcome back and from the school board and the superintendent, then we lined up for 10 different staff members that we called and asked, um, can you present a five minute blurb on whatever? So this takes knowing what your staff is doing out there. And so you need to know oh, this teacher would be great at showing what she does with maps, and that teacher would be great at showing what he does with groupings. And um, they each showed a five-minute blurb, and so it's rapid, rapid fire of these 10 different options. Then we released the teachers to go to breakout sessions to go learn more about whichever of those 10 things they wanted to learn more of. And so that was an easy, that mm -hmm. would probably be an easy first step if you're going from very traditional to giving a little bit of choice, that's a nice model for that transition. And I'll tell you, one of the pieces of feedback we heard from that event was conversations among staff of, oh my goodness, I didn't realize people in our district were doing this level 
of integration of whatever it was. Um, and so it really raised the bar across it the did. district of the it expectations did. Did. of what's happening in the classrooms. Mm -hmm. it was let, pretty let me tell you, there's it's one thing if your principal walks in and says, hey, you should try blogging with kindergartners. And um, the teacher may or may not accept it or reject it. But when the kindergarten teacher sees that the kindergarten teacher across the hall is blogging with hers, they feel empowered. They feel like, oh, I could do this. And there's, I don't know, it's more effective with peer pressure than it is top down. Yeah, it's indefinite positive peer pressure. That's mm -hmm. right. And that high school teacher who says, I can't blog with my kids, sees the kindergarten teacher blogging, they, they you're not, you don't hear that anymore. <laughs> It was one of the most powerful uh, opening school events we had ever done, and it was really awesome because it, it did. The word empower is great because teachers, all of a sudden, when they saw their peers doing this, it made them think, oh, gosh, may, I could do this, too. Then it's not some, again, expert that's flown in here to show us something that people held up on a pedestal. This is my next-door neighbor in the in the classroom, and, and, and I also know who to go to if I need help. So it created these experts. We, we really created these experts within our district to help each other. And really, we think of everybody has an expertise in something. We just want to leverage that, find out what it is, and see how we can spread the knowledge and the wealth. What a fantastic way to kick the year off. But anything else you'd like to share as we wrap up? You know, one of the things that um, would also be something that a, a step that a school district could take as they move this way that I think has also made this effective is really that lead by example approach. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um, whenever mm -hmm. we've rolled these out, there's been an element of leadership stepping up to first set the example, whether it's, you know, the, the school principal, Crystal, who um, leads these PLCs the very first time to give these innovative approaches and then turns it over to the teachers, or whether it's, you know, um, us stepping up and leading these parent classes. Um, there's always an element of that. We did that hacker fair. We started this last year because we really wanted teachers to participate in Hour of Code. And we felt like saying, you need to participate in Hour of Code isn't really effective. And so what we did was we created uh, what we called the hacker fair and teachers showed up to the gym after school with their children, not their students, but their children. We had um, nacho bar set up and we had created coding activities. And we said, go attend the fair with your children and play these games. And at the end of the night, take them home with you and then you can use these. So it's again that, I, I have the tool, I have the resources, I've seen it, somebody else has shown me how to do it, I feel like I can do this. And so several of those opportunities and approaches to professional development or professional learning. And for me, being the principal, I just think principals do need to lead by example. And sometimes the things that you're planning on or you think are going to work great don't. And you got to deal with that just like a classroom teacher does. So leading by example is hugely um, important for me. And I also think um, it, one of the things that, that I know that's been really powerful in my building is letting uh, teachers have genius hour time, just like we talk about corporations have that. So before they launch things in front of students, they have this opportunity to um, start their own genius and see if that's gonna work with kids. And so I think that's been another uh, tool we have in our, our tool belt to be able to um, change what happens for students in the classroom. Well, this has been great. I really appreciate all the ideas that you've shared around this. I think it's empowering to our listeners to hear these kinds of things and hear that it's very doable, it could start from day one, and that it really can lead to an environment where people are taking charge of their own learning. Until next time. This is The Word in Ed. The Word in Ed.